Ladies and gentlemen, the Hold Up Podcast. Hold up. Wow. That was... And, oh, myself, and the camera, the, and the camera fell down. What was that? Was that? I, I, cut it short. I always forget because now we're getting the. I was oh, you don't have headphones in. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're really. Uh, Hour over here. I got. Oh, okay. What is happening? I'm putting the headphones in. No, I know, but like you. Oh, well, I'm John Stenning. Justin Adam K. We're here with Steve Choi. Steve, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's going. Um, welcome to the podcast. This is the hold up where we are here to talk about some things that you liked growing up, but, um, broader spectrum. We uh, like to ask our guests, you know, if you, uh, how, like, did you grow up consuming a lot of media, watching movies, TV, playing video games or anything like that? Uh, you know, music sort of, what was your background growing up in terms of, uh, that sort of, sort of entertainment stuff that you brought in? Yeah, I definitely did. Um, I was a child of the eighties. So media was really going huge. off then, you know? Yeah, huge. So um, aside from the deluge of cartoons, everything from He-Man to Smurfs to one of my personal favorites, Gummy Bears. Um, oh, wow. That's kind of a deep cut, Gummy, gummy yeah, Bears, I feel like. Is it's it a little really? niche. I feel like it's a is little it, niche, yeah. Really? That that cartoon was huge, though, from my... There's a five-year-old kid now. Gummy, I mean, yeah. solid show, yeah. A good show i just i just don't think it maybe i think i don't think it gets it gets the credit that it deserves That's true you know? i wouldn't put it on the level of recognition of he-man and stuff like that sure, which was yeah. contemporaries yeah yeah i feel like but, even um, if you you watch like a like a youtube like super cut of like intros to kids tv shows from the 80s like i feel like gummy bears doesn't it's like not even in the super cut it's yeah. unfortunate it's yeah unfortunate. yeah yeah totally um but uh from then I moved on to like the big shows. Obviously I watched like Full House, the original Baywatches, um, which aired on Friday nights, which was like, you know, uh, separate of the whole TGIF thing. But um, I'm sure you guys remember that, that series oh, yeah. of like sitcoms yeah. that, um, and then, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, I consumed a lot of media at that time, for sure, growing up, especially all the cool movies coming out in the eighties, like all the big ones, like, you know, never ending story labyrinth and all that kind of stuff. So did you go to the movie theater a lot or is this like an at, at home consumption of movies? No, uh, I went to the theater a good bit. I grew up in uh, not a tiny podunk town, but it wasn't a city by any means. It was yeah. so, um, I think the first movie I remember seeing in the theater would have been my aunt taking me to see, uh, an American tale. Five all goes West in the theater. Oh, that's good. That's a good that's memory. Good, yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where where did you grow up? Did you grow up in California? Uh-huh. In Northern California, a place called Santa Rosa, California. It's about 58 miles north of San Francisco. So it's like wine country. Yep. Um Charles Schultz, the creator of Snoopy, is from there. Uh oh, the Smothers Brothers are from there, um, which are old. A lot of people won't know who they are, but they were like a comedy singing duo. Yeah, like classic which, comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a lot of what early Steve Martin borrowed from, like singing and playing guitar, uh, banjo and stuff. Um, and like musicians like Tom Waits and Crosby, Stills and Nash and stuff are from my area. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, so for today's pick, you, you picked Bob Ross, uh, yeah. The Joys of Painting. Yeah. So... Tell tell us about that. Like, why um, why Bob Ross? What's your connection to that? Um, it was part of like, I always remember it airing on late afternoons on Saturdays. So I always happen to catch it on TV because it fell around that time, especially when I was a kid, uh, where you know I had already gone out at nine or ten in the morning to start playing with my friends, riding around. Uh, our part of town on bikes and going up into the state park that we live near and just kind of just playing and doing stuff. So, uh, by the time on Saturdays I would come in and it was on showing on PBS, obviously, whatever your local PBS uh, channel was. Um, and it would be like time where I'd be kind of just chilling, like come back to the house, eating something. And it was always like, feel like between two and four o'clock. So, uh, you know, naturally like any kid, especially in that time, I'd come home and turn on the TV and, among other than some of my favorite cooking shows that were also airing at the same time, Bob Ross was always there. And I was very much like a kind of hyperactive 
kid, you know, ADD, like really sort of, it's hard to get me to focus other than music and uh, physical activity. But, you know, even then as a kid, I remember just kind of going, wow, it's funny that I like this, but I want to watch this whole thing. Like it's, it's boring, but I like it, but it's not boring. I remember having these kind of like conflicting thoughts and like, I, I didn't know what it was then, which I kind of figured out by now, but back then it was just so uh, soothing. I just couldn't register it as that. So I was just like, why do I like this? But I like it. And I would just end up watching it whenever it was on. Yeah. It's sort of, it's interesting that you, uh, that you picked it compared to sort of the things that you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the episode, like yeah. just a big sort of surge of media and entertainment in the eighties. And a lot of it was, like larger than life. Right. And, uh, you know, Hollywood was really growing at the time and like budgets were getting bigger and bigger. And then you're talking about this show where it was a series of still shots of a very calm, serene, uh, seemingly caring man teaching his viewers, you know, talking to them like it's a one-on-one experience, teaching them how to paint. And it's, was, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's so relaxing and it's so calming that, yeah, I can imagine like a sort of a little three o'clock snack and relaxing before you head back outside, you know, for the day or, or yeah. whatever you're going to play some music or something, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, and you mentioned, you mentioned cooking shows. I'm interested in the cooking shows that you watched too. Oh, I watched like, uh, Lydia's kitchen, uh, which is a, she's like an Italian lady. She had an early cooking show. Uh, Yan Can't Cook. He's one of the OG. Yeah, uh, I know that show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's like a, how you would imagine like a kind of like an ignorant American caricature of a Chinese man would be, but that's how he was. And he was so charismatic, but his cooking skills were on point. But yeah, yeah, um, it, it was, it's funny to me too, but I guess it was the contrast, like you were saying that I'd pick something so mellow because my head was totally in the media at the time. I mean, I was literally next at my next door neighbor's house watching Spaceballs on Beta, you know, and then <laughs> yeah. coming home and watching yeah. Joy of Painting. I yeah. was playing with my G.I. Joe's head in my Transformers, uh, even Mask, which was like a cartoon spinoff of these kind of oh, like yeah. technology. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I had a bunch of those toys. Uh, GoBots, even they had cartoon yeah. and toys. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything from Care Bears, My Little Pony. So, it's not like I was detached from that. It's just that even amongst all that and me being aware of all of it and having all these toys and just being into the media and, and being into the never ending story and seeing the wizard and all this stuff. Like singularly Bob Ross chilled and he was able to tame this really hyperactive nervous ADD kid and like give him something that, I mean, it sounds extreme, but has like stayed with me my whole life. (laughs) Yeah, like how how old were you when you first started watching Bob? I'm gonna call him you know, Bob. I, <laughs> you know, old Bobby, you know, yeah. uh, Bobby, Bobby Ross. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say as early as about six or seven. Uh, I can't be sure, but I really feel like that's that's when I started watching. Yeah. Wow, and like how how long did you go with them? Like that you kind of carried on like watching him every Saturday afternoon, or found ways to watch him after that. Yeah, PBS ran him all the way through my high school years, which would have been up till 98, 99, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, there's another uh, TV network that I've caught on tour and random times at home called Create, which is all cooking shows. And they also air Joy of Painting like once a week at some odd 10 or 11 time slot still. So... um, uh, I lost track of it for in my 20s when RX was touring a bunch and I just was detached from the world doing whatever bullshit I was doing. But um, I remember about nine, 10 years ago, just looking on uh, Daily Motion or some sort of like upload server site and just finding those episodes and starting to watch them when I was on tour or when I was at home for relaxation, like to kind of go to sleep or chill out and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It, uh... Like you, you know, we sort of mentioned earlier that he was on PBS and um, the sort of random channels on Create. He's got like his own, not Bob because he's since he's since passed away, but um, he's yeah. on Twitch. Like people watch him. Every yeah. there's a there are Twitch channels dedicated to Bob Ross, Joys of Painting. Um, yeah, that's kind of what got the Netflix stuff going, isn't it? Like, wasn't like there was like a Twitch marathon of like all the episodes, and like mm-hmm. somehow that 
Netflix yeah. was like, wow, this many people are watching this. Like, let's let's syndicate on Netflix. I think I think that's if I interpreted the well. I think that another big contribution was I believe it was MTV that had a promo spot that was having to say "Happy Little Clouds" or something like that. Oh yeah, or it was some other. Like he became a meme almost. Yeah, like where everybody yeah. knew him as the "Happy Little Clouds" thing, but right. One of the biggest things I realized is that he was a pioneer in something that didn't exist until decades later, which is he is a pioneer of ASMR. Yeah. That's a huge, huge part of what the joy of painting as a show was because of his close shirt mic, all the brush sounds and everything. And like later on as a later musician and a producer, I started to recognize this and I go, oh, that was a huge part of it. Aside from the way he speaks, the, the, where the register of his voice. Yeah. But all of his movements, like there is, I just think the way like a big uh, brush is hitting the canvas, and especially when he's like aggressively tapping it and stuff, it's just like such a great sound to me. Yeah, I you're love so it. right. Even the scraping of the, you can just hear but, it now. All, yeah. Like it's all, it's it's such a sense memory. It really yeah. is. I can't yeah. not think about, I mean, it's a little bit more on the aggressive scale, I feel like, but when he's banging the, um, the brush against the easel oh, yeah, to like dry the paint. I was like, yeah. what a sound. That's like such a unique yeah. sound. Like, yeah. And he always says that's like his favorite part. Cleaning exactly. the brush. He does that, that. And then for and seasons upon seasons, he carried on with saying, and you just beat the devil out of it. Yes, that was like beat his the thing, devil right? out of it. Yeah. Because, you know, he was like a devout Christian and like right. that, that was his thing. And he would always laugh and he'd be like, this is the funnest part. And, you know, like you were saying, yeah. there's, I've definitely watched all of them. So I know when there's times where he started to kind of go away from saying beat the devil out of it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, cool that you guys. He's like a Marine, right? Or a Sergeant. Yeah. I believe he was in the army from what I, what yeah, I he was about. in the, yeah, he was in the army. Um, the, uh, the specific episode that we watched, Steve, was Splendor, Splendor of a Snowy Winter, right? So this was yeah. part of, we sort of mentioned it, but the a Netflix collection, which was called mm-hmm. Chill with Bob Ross, Choice of Paint. <laughs> yeah. right? and yeah. uh, this was like, it, I, I mean, I think we mentioned it before we started recording, but it's not on Netflix currently, and but that sort of happens. Things come and go from Netflix, but this was part of like season one, episode 18, um, and he mm-hmm. paints this amazing like mountain snowscape um Mm -hmm. i guess a a lot of the time that he spent in the army he was stationed in alaska and a lot of the inspiration that he got from the things that he wanted to paint were from his time there which i think i mean what a what an interesting guy yeah just like the vibe that he brought and it's it really is timeless so timeless um agreed the things that he like, I think he chose the outfit that he wore on purpose because he knew that just jeans and a button up, like tucked in button up, right. Um, would be essentially timeless, would just go with any sort of generation. And yeah, he makes painting seem so easy. Have you ever, have you ever tried to paint with him, Steve? You know, I've always wanted to, but I never have, never have. Yeah. Be awesome. I was, yeah. I, I was, I was feel like you were going to say that you have like in all the time, like you've been watching them since six years old. I was like, sure. You'd give it a shot. Like once, you know, it, that's the thing is that when I was a kid, I liked to draw a lot, but in my elder years, like I was just like, you know what? I don't even feel like I have skills like in that realm, you know? So I didn't have much of an interest, but I'm pretty damn sure that at some point, I'm just going to start going through the episodes when I have more time, when I'm, my workflow with my current, you know, uh, profession and stuff isn't as intense. I, I'm pretty confident that I'll get to doing it at some point because I'm not going to stop watching the show. You know, <laughs> I felt like watching it. It seemed like as someone who's not create, like I can, I just really struggle trying to like exercise my creativity with like drawing or painting and, or anything like that. Um, it was, I was like, I, I think I could do this. Like, I feel like he's like making this feel very doable right now. Yeah, and like, super attainable. And kind of at first I'm like, I'm not sure what he's like, he, the way he was drawing or like he had the scraper to make the mountains. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. I like, didn't realize that that's how you, like that mountain looks yeah. awesome. And it like, wasn't, it, it wasn't this insane detail. He just kind of like, just did some scrapes with the paint and like, however it came out, it's going to look good. And I was like, damn that's like that's some good like good advice like just just do it kind of yeah dude he's all about that that's why he's really awesome because 
he had such great ability, but there was no pretense. He made it, he was very vocal about saying that his goal was to make, you know, it accessible to everybody, just like he said, so that everybody could be creative. And uh, there's many episodes where he talks about, you know, I studied classical painting for many years and it never made me happy. He's like, I didn't become happy painting until I started doing this particular style that I have, you know, where it's just free and you just use these particular techniques um, and you can just get these results that I love, you know? And like, I really love that about him because it's all part of his, this whole like creative ethos that he's just so gently imparting on all of his viewers, which is, you know, he's like, there's no mistakes, only happy accidents. And, you know, it's that sort of thing where it's so, it's carried into my creative process of music. And I think it applies to any creative and even non-creative pursuits of like a kind of perspective on taking, or I'm sorry, on taking a perspective on, you know, how you approach things that will happen because we don't really have control. So I really love that about him. Totally. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. You summed it up so nicely. I, I could, I couldn't agree more. He, and the way that he does it and he makes the technique seem so he's so good at explaining it, but like in, in no way is it like in a, uh, in a patronizing way or anything like that. You know, he just does it with such, yeah, such like decorum. It's great. It's, it, it is, it's great. Um, yeah. When was the last time you watched it before watching it, uh, you know, for, for this, for the podcast? Oh, probably May 30th. Like I saw it the day before. Yeah. I remember going right. at the top. It says on Netflix, like we'll be available until. And yeah. I remember going, shit, I was sincerely bummed just because of the ease at which I could access it. So right. I watch it still fairly regularly because I, I suffer from pretty bad anxiety. And uh, over the past couple months, um, for various reasons, I've, I've had these bouts for a few days with my, my panic disorder, you know, where I'm having these really intense panic attacks. And that's one of the shows I watch to kind of center myself, you know, as part of my uh, relaxation programming when I need to like spend a day bringing myself back down. And do you think like, so that has probably has a lot to do with like the calming nature of the show. Right. I imagine, but does it also have to do with like the nostalgia behind it and like the sort of comfort in it being something that you are so familiar with having watched it over the years? That surely has to be the underlying like foundation of that. But since I've been reacquainted with the show for nearly 10 years now, I feel like my, that being at the forefront has now, been kind of sanded back down sure and now i have this like current appreciation because now just with not only are we watching it in the most high definition anyone's ever seen it having it having it digitally rendered you know what i mean i put on netflix uh, on my 5k tv um but you know the audio is better my perception is better i'm aware of more things so i'm noticing things that i for sure could not have noticed as a kid so I have this new, like, deeper appreciation for it. Yeah, that's cool that it sort of evol- evolves with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you ever, like, try to share the show with your friends and, and stuff growing up and be like, yeah, like, you got to watch, like, Bob Ross this weekend. Like, does that, like, when you were at school or anything, did you, did you ever try to share um, the joys of painting with anyone? <laughs> I actually remember a time in high school <laughs> where I was – hanging with the guys in my first high school punk band. We were juniors. I was 16. And I was telling them like, that I, I really liked the show. And, and they were, they weren't like disrespectful or dicks about it, but they were just kind of like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a different, it was a like, different side of you. They weren't familiar with. Yeah. I've always been weird like that though, where I've always enjoyed like quote unquote old people, boring shit. You can ask my girlfriend, like she laughs about it all the time. Like I just, <laughs> I, I'm like, uh, I joke that I'm like a six-year-old and a 66-year-old mixed together all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I definitely have like overt man-boy aspects to a, a lot of my life. So, <laughs> Well, that's, that's uh, well appreciated here on the Hold Up podcast because, uh, yeah, I Arrested Development is, uh, it's it's like on my business card, actually, now that I think about it, so. 
Yeah. So I, I, you know, Steve, what the sort of the purpose of the show is we, we revisit these things that we liked when we were younger and we judge whether or not they have held up. And I don't necessarily think it's any, any secret after we've been, you know, talking for 20 or so minutes here, but how do you feel about joys of painting after, after these years of watching it, you know, with different perspectives, do you feel like it, uh, like it still holds up? I'm going to go so far as to say that not only does it hold up, it seems to be even more valuable and awesome now in the present yeah. than it was then. Yes. So yeah, that's my I, personal I opinion. Yeah, I'd, oh, have yeah. To, I'd have to agree with you 100% because, I mean, like you touched on earlier, you do sort of, you're becoming more aware of everything and you can appreciate it in a different way. And I think sort of, especially in today's very tumultuous times that we're in, there's something to be said about something that can be so, so calming and so relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked that you guys feel the same way. That's rad. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Justin? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely holds up. I had never really watched, watched it before. Um, but I was real. I was like really into it because like without realizing it, but the ASMR effect of just like, it's very calming. You're hearing all these sounds crystal clear um that along with like making him just making me feel like i could do this was just like really uh, i don't know why i need that in my life i guess but i just really appreciated that and um i don't know it was just very enjoyable and it was nice to finally like you know i i must have heard the oh that'll just be our little secret or that's just a happy accident i must have heard that forever in like so many like shows making fun of it or just like making a joke of it and like to hear like he actually like dropped that'll just be a, a happy accident. Like I really love yeah. that he, you know, got to hear it from a real, the real source. Yeah. His, his delivery is such a huge part of it too, because another thing that he's able to do is take these kind of banal, like cliched tropes about encouragement and stuff. But when he's painting and you hear the sounds and he's speaking so gently and earnestly, like, and he'll say something like, these are like direct quotes from different episodes. He'll say stuff like, you know, it's okay if it doesn't turn out the way you want. Life doesn't go the way you want it to go all the time, but you just got to keep trying and turn it into something good. And you're like, any other time, I'm a, I'm a cynic by nature. So, I, and I'm sure any, a lot of people can relate where anybody just tries to say that on TV, you'd be like, okay, buddy. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. That, yep. Yeah, that means, that means less than nothing. There have been times where I've been in like stressful or turbulent times in my life where I've been watching an episode and he said that, and it's just like cut to my core. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like it's made me emotional because whether he is or not, I believe he is like, it, it feels so sincere and, and loving to me that I'm just like, Oh my God. You know, I've been decimated by Bob Ross, a Bob Ross episode that was taped in, you know, 1994 or something, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> And it one, I mean, it's kind of, this is like a bit of an aside, but it is nice that like his family or his estate or whatever have sort of like, they seem to keep it pretty free and out there. They're not trying yes. to like yep. capitalize on it or keep it from people. And um, like he, they don't sell the paintings, I guess. Or like, I was trying to like figure mm -hmm. out like what they do with all, like, I guess there's three paintings from every show and mm -hmm. Uh, like a few have been brought to the Smithsonian, but like generally speaking, they don't want to sell them. Like it's not about that. And I, I just think all of that in addition to it, it just adds to it as being like, what a cool, what a cool guy. And like, I'm glad his message like transcended to the people that take care of, of his estate now, which is just really nice. Yeah. It's awesome. Like yeah. his son, Steve painted also, and he had his son guest host like a handful of episodes where you can watch Steve Ross paint. And, you know, you can definitely see how his father influenced him, but he's got his own style. And there's episodes where Bob will like be like, oh, my mountains are okay. My son Steve's mountains yeah, are yeah. dynamite. The one, yeah, the one he's that we this one. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love That's that. That's like, he does that every five or six episodes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. really cool. Oh, so yeah, good. That's awesome. All righty. Um, so do you need to take a break or anything? Or can we jump into um, the second part of the episode? We can jump into it. All good. All right. All cool. right. So I got a whole bag here. Yeah, I have a plate with my samplings. All yeah. the bags in front of me. 
I got four different varieties. So, so, you know, I have so many um, questions for you, Steve, for, about these. First half of the show, we talk about Bob Ross, Joys of Painting. Now we're here to talk about your food pick, Steve. Uh, could you go ahead and explain to, I mean, to the audience, but also I've never heard of this before. I mean, so could you just explain to us what, what we're trying here? Amazing. Okay. This is, I got to first say that uh, I really try to go deep with something that I was connected with, but this is not something I necessarily love. Uh, That's although fine. I, I liked it a lot as a kid. Yeah. These are Sven Hards, Danishes of various sorts, yeah. which is, this is a really, really old product. I mean, it, it's been around since I can remember, uh, which is, you know, pretty early into the 80s. Uh, these were the things that would have been at your, you know, uh, parent-teacher meetings, uh, gas stations, at your hotel continental breakfasts, at, uh, you know, various 4-H or, or whatever organization meetings, maybe AA meetings. Uh, all the best stations. places. All yeah, the best yeah, places, the places is what you're yeah. basically saying. Yeah. 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 Um, and these were often at, my orchestral functions because I played in like orchestra and junior symphony and stuff and our orchestra camps. And uh, yeah, they were just always around or like when I would go, when my family would go on ski trips, uh, like we would get them on the way or like they would already be like, you know, as I said before, at hotel, like continental breakfast and stuff like that. So, but it was something that you were like looking for. Like if you were on a road trip and you were hitting a gas station or something like, or like, were you getting excited at a continental breakfast? Hopefully they were going to have, you know, this, uh, Sven Hard's berry horn. Um, yes, but specifically, and these variety packs that are available these days don't have them. But the one that I was really stoked on was the cinnamon apple one, like the apple. Oh, okay. Danish. Yeah. I was curious if that's what a breakfast claw was. It didn't list it as apple, but there's one in our variety pack called breakfast claw. And I don't, I don't. Right. There is breakfast claw. Um, I think that this, this is just a mini bear claw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bre- yeah breakfast claw looks like bear claw. It looks almost. Um... Mini bear claw. It's, yeah. it's hard when it's smashed in the packaging still, but when you take it out, you'll see the uh, the uh, inadequate definition of the fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, they sort of, they come in these variety packs now. You can get them at like your big wholesale distri- uh, distribution store like Costco totally. or whatever, BJ's or... Um, yeah. And yeah, like I think, Justin, you went out and you bought them, didn't you? We got like 30 oh, of them. Yeah, so I, I tried to like find them at um, just like gas stations, I tried to go to like CVS's and Rite Aid's and Walgreens. Um, <laughs> and like there, so one of the things on the pod that we like always can rely on usually is like that these places, especially like the snacks like this, like individually wrapped snacks, they have a product finder on their website, but their website is like just a, it's like behind a password. So it's, you couldn't look yeah. up where they sell them. And uh, I was just Googling. And then I saw like that, like the wholesale clubs all had like BJ's and Costco. So that's where, I ended up finding them and got, I got like a 30 pack, gave 10 to John, 10 to my parents, 10, 10 over here. <laughs> I uh, went through the same ordeal, ultimately <laughs> going to like one of those, like uh, ones called smart and final out here. And I had to buy the 30 pack. So I just kept one of each variety for this. And then I sent the rest uh, with my girlfriend to work. She works at the hospital uh, to give yeah. to all the other nurses there. Cause they love junk food. Oh, nice. Nice. So which one should we, you, you have, so you have the variety pack too. Which, which should we like try first? I don't know. Uh, I guess the one I liked uh, next was the cinnamon horn. If you guys have that available. Oh yeah. Have the cinnamon horn. I'm like super pumped to try these given the adventure that was had to find them. And I, I just love a good cinnamon bun. So yeah, it looks you know it's like a cinnamon bun basically, and you know they're sort of like the size of the, the palm of our hand ish, mm. and uh, yeah, they all come like in these individually wrapped, like when you take them out, the inside of it is so like sticky, you know, it's just like covered in glaze. So um, yeah. yeah, this um, okay, we'll just yeah, just go ahead, start digging in, Justin. Why yeah. did you how did you feel? Uh, pretty good. My first bite did not have enough glaze, considering how sticky it was. I really expected to get like a big sugar taste and 
I don't know, not on the first bite. Um, but I'm going to try a second bite. Uh, what, what's going on in, for you, Steve? Is this the first time you've had them since you were like a kid? Yeah, this is. Um, you know, it's not as different as I thought. Even the outer edges that don't have like the sweet cinnamon filling touching them yet. If you just take a bite of it, you can just feel all the disgusting grease in there. Yeah. It's so <laughs> gnarly. The inside <laughs> of the so packet, gnarly. the inside of like the, the wrapper is so greasy. It's so... <laughs> And, you know, this is exactly how I remember them just being because, you know, a lot of the times they had been out and people have been rifling through them. So they get even more smashed. But this is kind of gnarly. Yeah. Um, cinnamon bun is pretty good. Kind of tasted like, you know, any of these like snack cakes kind of cinnamon buns, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's. Yeah, it's um, a little dry. I felt a little dry overall. You know, who knows? Like. I mean, who knows like what the date is on these or how quickly they sell or how much preservatives they're keep they're putting in them because they don't sell so quickly, you know? Um, I imagine like a lot of them are bought for like concession stands and stuff like that. I was was thinking like, um, they must be in a lot of vending machines. Sure. Yeah. That's what I was like. Yeah. I was like, cause I feel like I've seen them before, but then you know, in the search, it's like, why aren't they anywhere? But like, I've seen them and like these packages, like, like just to have the individual package in my hand doesn't feel like that. I've never seen this before. Like, I feel like I've held one, but just like never paid attention to what I was holding. Wow. To me, it's the exact opposite. Like, I feel like this has escaped me my entire life. I don't know. I don't (laughs) honestly. So, um, you know, we sort of knew that we've been doing these for about a, a little more than a week. Right. I had never heard of them. Justin was kind enough to go out and buy them, ended up getting them to me. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm, I'm out and about. And on the side of the road, I saw Venhard's cardboard box. Yeah. Like one of those weird things. Like it's like the number 23 has happened to me and I'm Jim Carrey. And all of a sudden I'm seeing Venhard's <laughs> everywhere. And this is wild. Like I've never heard of this shit before, but it's just like, it also seems like the thing that I probably have seen a million times, but like, it's just the, yeah. the packaging is very unsuspecting and it, yeah. it's not necessarily something that I'm like, even though I'm, I'm like, I like sweets and I'll eat a pastry, but I'm not, this is not something that ever necessarily caught my eye. I don't think. I really want to try this. This has definitely claw. been around. Definitely yeah. Been I mean, around. the company's been around since 1959. Uh, Svenhard's Swedish baking overview. Okay, okay. So it's supposed to be Swedish. Cause yeah, I was Swedish. just going to joke that it's like this ambiguously, maybe scandinavian danish even could be swiss but sure so you know for sure it started as a swedish bakery oh my yes. god uh the bear claw the breakfast uh-huh. claw wow this is what i wanted out of that cinnamon bun and i'm just i am so wow it is There's great. like a layer of cinnamon on the inside of this bear of this bear claw i have i have a section cut up right here yeah mm. this oh tastes my, like cinnamon it's almost bun. like a pop tart with double the filling. Yeah. More cinnamon buns got to get on this level. This was really, I really like that. Oh, yeah. That one is, mu- yeah, definitely not as dry. Uh, interesting. And so, so that was the second one that we have. But then there's, there's sort of this, there's a cheese horn and a berry horn, which seem like. And a raisin but, snail, John. Yeah, yeah, I know, Justin. I was going to oh. get there. Give me a goddamn second. <laughs> Um, which are like the same, the cheese horn and the berry horn are very similar, but they just have like the filling in the middle, like a circle in the middle. Right. But then your raisin snail is like curled around in a well, circle with raisins strewn about it. The, the cheese horn is the, the one we need to talk about the most because okay. this is the one I fear. This is the <laughs> one I hated as a child and wouldn't yeah. go anywhere near. And one of the reasons is, uh, still been preserved which is the graphic of the cheese in the horn it's not it's not a great look. looks like suspiciously looks like a giant steaming pile it does it looks like the poop emoji but yeah. with this more detail you got it from yeah yes and if you also look closely kind of angling your perspective towards the right it's also making the face of an evil demonic slimer ice cream I, dude i see that I 100% yes. see that face with the two yes. eye slits. 
Yeah, he looks like Oogie Boogie or whatever from Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Yeah, or he yeah. looks like, yeah, exactly. He looks like that, but a little more wrinkly. So maybe yeah. like, you know, uh, the cheese beef or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so did you also dislike the taste or like the graphic alone was like, I'm out. I don't want to eat this. Um, I was a kid who definitely had some kid stuff with how I ate. And at that time I was like, why would you ever put cheese in something sweet or, you know, cause yeah. my perception yes. of it was completely savory. So sure. I was not down with these <laughs> at all. Like, these, these went against a lot of things that I believed at that time. Yeah. I felt similarly about like cheese sticks, like, like, a, like, you know, oh. string cheese or whatever. Like I was like, who, like, I don't want to eat a big log of cheese. Like, like putting a slice on a sandwich worked for me, but like, I don't know for this. So same, same thing growing up now, obviously totally. I don't care, but I'm kind of intrigued to try it because I know you didn't like it. And so now I want to know. Now, have you ever, have you ever even had it, Steve? No, to, to Justin's point, uh, I've never even had these because I was like, there's no way I'm going to go for this. So oh, now did you, did you grow into liking a cheese Danish or anything like that? Or like a cream cheese sort of dessert at all? Yeah, uh, after touring Europe so heavily and spending so much time there, and you have really nice pastries, especially right. with the highest quality cheeses, and then your palate opens up and you can appreciate like a blue cheese with nice ripe pears or or fruit and stuff like that. Um, I definitely did, but you know, well now even not this, now this decadent Svenhard's cheese. Well, award. hey, Svenhard's European. You're going to be like right back, like you're on tour, Steve. It's going to be awesome. They're from Exeter, California now. Exeter. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say the integrity of my cheese horn is, is uh, been diminished and it's falling apart. And it's this really, man, it's like, it's like covered it's, in this cheese, like glaze. It's like, it's exaggerating its grossness as a joke to me right now. For you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, I don't want, I don't want to influence what it tastes like yet, but. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I it's liked it. Great. It's not great. I really liked it. Mm. Okay, so it tastes it yeah, doesn't really cheese, taste like cheese. It doesn't. It's just no. kind of like this ambiguous creamy filling, right. but custardy yeah, a little bit. Mm. There's way too many ingredients in any of these. Also, maybe this is like a Swedish term, but why are they horns? Like, why is it a berry horn and a cheese horn? And a snail. I, I guess the snail. The snail is the only one that makes sense, and the claw. Yeah. But oh, was well, it a horn? Because like a horn kind of like loops too, like a like the I mean, snail. I've just never heard oh, yeah. of that like as a pastry. A horn. Well, a horn. If you were to kind of take this and then pop it out and give stretch it, it out, dimension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then I would understand the horn. You're so. giving them a lot of credit. I think. I just am trying to find some like <laughs> logical justification for calling it a horn because yeah. I mean, otherwise, like, what are you guys doing with your lives? Sven yeah. Hards, come on, pull yourselves together. Jeez. We got to get on the, we got to get on the phone. We got to get on the horn. <laughs> uh, with, with Coca-Cola or Pepsi who are definitely a, who owns it. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Conagra foods or whatever awful corporation. Right. Or yeah. craft. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, so funny. That's like when we do like, um, the Little Debbie, the Drakes, they're all just like owned by McKee Foods. They own yes. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those are, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so you conquered your fears on the podcast. That's really great. First time for everything. Very excited by that. Um, do we want to try one of the next two? Yeah. Which one do you want to go uh, for? How about the berry horn? Let's let's bring it back the other direction because this was my second favorite one as a kid. All right, awesome. The berry does look enticing, way much more enticing than the cheese in the middle of the cheese horn. Yeah, don't fail me. I remember a predominantly raspberry taste from this. Nice feeling, chunk of berry in here. It's been so long, so I'm just gonna go straight for the middle. I'm not even gonna mess with the outside this time. Yeah, I cut so straight to the middle. The middle's what it's all about. I feel like. They this one also like. I guess what I didn't realize is that they're also still all covered in glaze. Like, yeah. regardless of their flavor on the inside, there's just a really healthy glaze coating on the outside, it, which saves all of them for me. It's obscene, the amount it of is. glaze. Yeah. It's graphic. Um, that, still has an, <laughs> that still has the dominant raspberry taste from my It is very dominant raspberry, yeah. 
and it's like a little bit yeah a little bit jelly or jam-esque in the middle there it's good mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. was good yeah man i can't believe my breakfast would be like two or three of these and some <laughs> minute made orange juice it's like hey Instead, you know so much take, sugar take literally 110 grams of sugar yeah. to the dome yeah and then you're wondering why you can't sit still at, at rehearsal and the conductor is getting mad at you. You keep talking. It's just like, well, no shit, man. It's like, God. <laughs> it is. So one thing that we have definitely learned over this whole podcast, what are we, 100-something episodes in? Yeah. Sick. What we were told to eat or, like, what was acceptable for us to eat as children of the 80s and 90s is just, like, mind-boggling. Oh, it is crazy. Oh. It is so clearly corrupted by yeah. lobbyists and yep. everything where you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, this is why I had all these gut problems when I was a kid and stuff. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. They only, they only recently have been able to put like a daily value percentage on sugar, on nutrition facts. It used mm-hmm. to just be the grams. It was never like the actual percentage because of the sugar lobby. It just used to be under carbohydrates and you would just think, oh, it's, Oh, it's just 45 grams of sugar. Yeah, well, that's all you should be having in a day. So, and it's in one yeah. half of a can of Mountain Dew or or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, there was a study that was corrupted in the medical journals before it was published, which clearly found that sugar was uh, a bigger, uh, caused a bigger risk for heart disease than, you know, fats and stuff. But sure. obviously we know. Which we don't need to get into how those sort of uh, <laughs> faculties can be corrupted. With yeah, the of course. Are, so, yeah, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. yeah, people out there eating Sven Hards, not even thinking twice about it. You know, I mean, people rep these things to what we were talking about earlier about you not knowing they existed. Like every time I'm at Costco, anybody who's got like that big tub of cheese balls or like likes the food, oh, yeah. food like yeah. they buy like that big box of Foster Farms like corn dogs or whatever. Yeah, they, they always have a pallet of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Always. That's yeah. right. We we used to get um we didn't get this variety pack. We used to just get uh cinnamon buns, just like straight up like from Costco, just like a whole tray of cinnamon buns. That that was like oh. what was in the house for like breakfast, which was like you know, no different than than this. Probably oh, ten sure. times worse actually, because they're bigger, but oh gosh, they were so good <laughs> Yeah, I definitely ate too many of them, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, raisins, the enemy, well, my enemy, don't love raisins. Oh, wow. I didn't know that about you. Uh, so yeah. I'm curious. This is how a this controversial is be. one because, you know, there's like kids were always split on, on raisins. raisins. Yeah. I, I yeah. always liked raisins. Never had a problem with them, man. Yeah. Never had a problem with them. I don't really taste them. I tried to jump right to the middle. Maybe I didn't really get any, but. Oh, it's you know, got a nice, like, like. This tastes like one of those wheel things, like those JJ Nissen raisin wheels, pinwheel things. Mm. Yes. Yeah, but the, aren't those like kind of crispier and more? Yeah, dry, those had a little like bit a of a glaze. Yeah, they had a hard glaze on the outside. Yeah. 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 Um, I went straight for the raisin just to see, and you just get a little really fruit in your diet at this point, right? <laughs> I just wonder. That's a really sorry raisin, man. It is. I wonder yeah. if these are like grapes rejected from a vineyard or something like that like where are they getting these raisins they've probably been rejected a couple times you know like (laughs) the california raisin said no to them and then like whatever like jimmy buffett's winery said no to them and then they went yeah now sven hards was like we'll we'll oh yeah we'd love to have you well they fell off a truck somewhere near exeter and someone picked them up they're like let's make some raisin snails with these (laughs) bad boys that was a hard dry raisin that i just choked (laughs) down yeah yeah. Not cool. Uh, so I will say it's sort it's sort of a shame that we're not able to have your favorite flavor that you remember. Um, but of these, would you say that Barry still holds holds that sort of second place? Totally. For yeah. junky, sugary, like doughy American form of baked something, um, it's super tasty. It qualifies as for junk food lovers or stoned munchies, all all the same. Yep. And now it's like the way I eat now, I, I would never, ever have them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You, yeah. You, eat pretty, you eat pretty healthy now? I do. Uh, normally, not because I have a gluten-free 
normally. So this yeah. is the first time I've even put gluten in my mouth for, for like. Oh, am I back? Oh, you're back. Yeah, you're now. back. Yep. Oh, okay. You did um, you say you hadn't had gluten for five years and you're doing it for this for the stinking podcast? Wow, what a guy. Yeah, I've done it here and there, like on trips when I couldn't avoid it, and it yep. doesn't make me feel great. But I just had small bites of this, so yeah, yep. it's a dietary choice just for health. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I don't want to speak for John, but I'll speak for him. Um, we both grew up like eating a lot of junk food, struggling with like weight issues. And so both of us now are a lot more active and a lot more cognizant of what we eat. And this podcast is probably the only time we dip back into any of the junk food. Totally. Like, otherwise, it's not in the house. I like try totally. to keep it very healthy. Other than I always have to have Oreos in the drawer under my desk. Sure. But yeah. other than that, that's it. We have to have our little things here and there. I still have my things too. I don't keep yeah, it same. strict. I have I have like one cheat day a week, I would say now. Yeah. And I can go pretty big. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but uh yeah, gluten and, and dairy normally just are not part of my diet at all. Yeah. Yep. And sugar. Yeah, I mean those I mean that's like a that's a safer bet. I mean anyone who's out there saying that like you should have a few Sven hards and like a big old glass of orange juice. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they just, I mean, they're free to, but they're just living outside of what science yeah, of course. is very yeah, of course. confirmed for us. Yeah. So. yeah right. Uh, so, uh, you know, just like the first segment of the show, what did you think about these? Do you, do you think that they hold up Steve? I do. I mean, they're not trying to be anything else but what they are. So you got to yeah. respect their authenticity. They're staying in this cheap price point. They're like, we'll give you 30 of them for twelve ninety nine or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, right. uh, yeah. and uh, you know, every one that I didn't like, I still don't like. And these ones that still do, it's like, even though I wouldn't have it now, I think that they taste exactly how I remember. And if, again, if you like sugary, sweet, chewy, soft baked type, junk food stuff like i don't see how it could get much better than that for this particular type of food one right you know? right yeah yeah your your tastes have changed and you've decided to you know maybe make some healthier decisions but as far as these things are concerned they're pretty much been been doing the same thing for for a little while now yeah i respect anything just being authentic and you know yeah. just not trying to be more than what it is humans or inanimate objects alike so yeah hell yeah what did you think, John? Yeah, I like, I really, I enjoyed the, uh, what was it? The bear claw one, the breakfast claw. Yeah, I'm going, I'm still eating that one. I really, the, really like the breakfast claw. Actually, <laughs> yeah, the, che- the cheese one had like a funny aftertaste. The cinnamon one I felt was a little dry. The berry, the middle was good. And I, I did like the raisin one. And I like the breakfast one. I mean, they're, they're certainly not great. And I'm glad that I didn't have like the full portion of any of these, you know, because, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think my stomach would be really agreeing with that, but, um, no way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you mentioned like stoned munchies to me. They're so good for that. Like I could definitely picture me on another night at a gas station buying this with some other bad choice and, you know, regretting it the next day, but being like fully on board that night that I'm there, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. For awful pastries. To the point of us all eating healthy now, actually, I think it's important to once in a while just be like, fuck it, I'm going to eat this stuff that I know it's bad, so that we can remember how bad it makes us feel. Actually, I've I've had discussions about this where I needed to do that so I can just be like, oh my gosh, I feel so horrible now I know. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you guys have experienced that a lot. Once every three months, I get Domino's. And I have, and oh. I do that to myself. That's yeah. what, that's literally what it does to me. It's like, I'm going to retain water because it's so salty yeah, and like, totally. doesn't matter. Like if I eat it, you know, early in the evening at like five or six o'clock or I eat it late night, my sleep is horrible. And yep. it's just like, I just wake up, like I got to drink so much water the next day. It's like a hangover oh, yeah. from the Dom and you know, tastes great when you get it, but yeah, it's three, a every three months. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, totally. Um, cool. I I I really like these two. I thought they uh, they hold up for what they are. Surprisingly, cinnamon bun is the bottom of the barrel, even though it's like my favorite thing. But I think that's because bear claw, bear claw, like has it's like double cinnamon bun. Yeah, it's like the it's the plus up. It's the plus up cinnamon bun, really. Yeah, 
Yeah. They're going to like, we're going to put a big, uh, big tube of this cinnamon filling on the outside and we're going to stuff a little on the inside. Yeah. So. It, yeah. I, I know we're, we're running on time, but it reminds me of the time, like in second grade where you're supposed to bring your breakfast food to like your box of whatever you used to eat to your class. And like, yeah, it was like a health yes. thing. And I brought my toaster strudels because it had real fruit filling. And then I was ridiculed mm. by my teacher for how unhealthy they were. Uh, anyway, that clearly just struck a chord. But that's what this <laughs> reminded me. Did you did you ice your toaster strudel before taking it, or did you toast it and ice it there? Oh, we we didn't even eat them there. We just brought the boxes to like read the nutritional facts. Oh, <laughs> so she just was, was like, you, say, "Yeah, like the, I love the toaster strudels too." Yeah, I love those things. Yeah, for icing. So good, especially. so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you like, you know, maybe you open up the box and you're going to use two of the icings, you know, a little bit further down the line, you're going to regret it. But, you know, I'm putting two icings on one of these bad boys. And that's, totally. that's, that's how I was living my life with no I shame. I did that a whatsoever. couple times. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Live your life two icings at a time. Some people live it a quarter <laughs> mile at a time. Your choice. Yes, exactly. Um, cool. Well, um, Steve, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about? Just let the world know. Um, You're in a few bands. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I One of my bands, Peaced Out, just had a full length come out called Feelings Blade. Um, I believe there's a few uh, vinyls left on uh, this one label called Umbrella Man Records. Um, oh, cool label. Cool label. About it. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's a great album, Steve. Um, I like it a lot. It's really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very polarizing. So anytime anybody who appreciates heavy music is down, I really Yeah, hell yeah. It. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Thanks, man. Um, also, uh, I just want to say this during this time, I just there's no way for me not to, that I would just like to uh, bring attention to the cause of uh, Black Lives Matters, everything going on right now, and uh, say that if you can try and find out how you can donate uh, to different organizations and causes that can lo- help like locally, because uh, this is definitely a war of attrition on our side. And we need to just mobilize all the people we can to stand up for the black community and the police brutality they've been experiencing and the uh, murders that have had no justice. So sorry to get super serious after having so much fun with you guys, but it's just weighs really heavy on my mind right now. So I no, just don't be sorry that. at yeah, all. Don't. We, we back that a hundred percent. We think, thank you for saying it. And um, we couldn't agree more, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. And that's a, I think that's a fine note to leave on. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. Awesome. I had so much fun doing this. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks, yeah, Steve. Thanks Steve. Later. Later guys. Bye. Decaf left, regular, right. Decaf left, regular, right. <laughs> Very challenging work.